Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Lungo, coming to your ears from NARM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's learn together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Doing Well. And we're here with another episode this week. And on today's topic, we're going to talk about the art of mindfulness, embracing the present moment. We have a very special guest in our virtual studio today, and I'm very excited to talk to her about the topic because I think she's very on brand with the topic. Um, you'll find out very shortly why. Today we have with us Teju Nageswari. She is the CEO of N Smiles, which is an organization that equips people with skills and habits to perform one's best potential, be calmer and happier in life. Hi Teju, welcome to the studio and the show. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. You. Thank you so much for inviting me there. Yeah, we're really excited to talk to you. Uh, I know we've encountered a couple of uh, issues before. So I think, you know, bringing mindfulness to this very moment is super important. Um, and I'm really curious to, you know, to, to hear from you why you chose to do the work that you've been doing and you found this organization, this wonderful organization that is all about, you know, uh, people's potential, you know, happiness and calmness in life. I find that to be um, a very unique space. Um, and I know that more and more organizations are doing this nowadays, but I'm sure you have your own story. So let us know why you're doing this. Um, so I started this maybe 15 years ago uh, when I got married. I got into a family with mental illnesses and I'm an engineer by training. And it was one new world for me because those days when we are engineers, we are only trained on logicality and nothing about being mindful or anything like that. Or neither we knew any of those uh, positive coping for us to handle this stressor in a very meaningful manner. So naturally I got depressed and then I went into that loophole. And then I realized there's something which is really missing for all us engineers because I was a super performer at work. I used to get a lot of awards every quarter and quarter. Still, my personal life, I didn't know how to handle my stressor. So I did my psychology uh, degree to just manage myself and my family. And then when I was doing multiple of other elements, I realized that probably that's my maybe life purpose to bring technology on psychology, to build products that can help individuals uh, make positive choices, stay healthy at mind and be well and do good for themselves and for the greater good of society. So that was the inception with which I developed an app and instantly it got into top six grossing apps in the world. Uh, it's called Happy Being, where in 2014. And there were like more than two lakh installs and stuff like that, but none from India. So I'm a patriot. So I thought if 
lot of people outside the world see a value in it. Why is that? There are zero installs from India. So that's when I started doing things which can help um, bring this self-care practices into Indian Indians in a way that can become part of their lifestyle. And through that, how they can be their best self. So that's my a short journey. And from there, I've been, I've done a lot. I mean, my curriculums have been integrated into government of Karnataka from where I live. Um, it reached more than two lakh students and it's continuing to build skills at a youth level. And then I've been a TEDx speaker and I've been awarded multiple happiness leader awards. And, and, and so it continues. So it's a very fruitful journey that I get to make a lot of difference in people's lives through uh, oh. not as a distress care, but at a, all through the continent through self-care. Yeah, that's really wonderful to hear. And, you know, I love uh, that you talk about your journey in um, such detail and you've been open and honest about your own struggles. And I feel like, you know, the the happiest people or the people that the best well-being are the ones that have been through the worst. So, you know, you know, they kind of know how to pick themselves up and they kind of try to not only help themselves, but help others. And I think that's truly beautiful. So thank you for that. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you about mindfulness today. I think we need that more now more than ever, especially in the context of us figuring out all the things that just happened before the show started. Um, but um, jokes aside, I think it's, it's more than that. You know, our society nowadays probably going through a very interesting period with uh, a lot to navigate and mental health issues are on the rise. So I think, you know, embedding mindfulness into our lives is, is something that would truly help our well-being. Before we go into that particular part of the topic, let's talk about you. Let's get to know you a bit better. This part is called, Have You Met Teju? So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and I would love to get some of your recommendations. So first thing first, what is a book you would recommend? Um, think and Grow Rich. I love it. Yeah, book. that's a great one. And also, uh, I'm reading nowadays a book called Hooked, which are making systems, which habit building systems. So I would want to use technology for good. So I'm using that. Yeah. I'm reading that also. Ah, that's interesting. I haven't heard of that one. So now I have that on my list. Thank you. What is a movie you would recommend? I'm not a movie person, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. What is the latest movie you've watched then? Bahubali. That's Sorry? a. It's called Bahubali. In yeah. it's a, it's an Indian made movie. So I watched that. Watched that. Oh, that's cool. How about a podcast? Um, I am not a podcast person either. This is my first or second podcast where I'm being a speaker, but I usually I don't find time to listen to podcasts. Yeah. So I'm so sorry about it. Oh, no need to apologize. Totally understandable. Some some of our guests say the same thing. They're like, I don't listen to podcasts. Um, so yes, there are, there are times when I don't listen to podcasts either. You know, and yeah, other but, times I'm really uh, into it. But uh, I do li listen to a lot of spiritual things if that's considered to be podcast for my self-growth and development. I, mm. I do follow a lot many uh, masters uh, speaking about Bhagavad Gita, Buddha, Buddhism, and then mindfulness. 
or any other self compassion study so i i i do listen to a lot of things but perhaps it may not be as part of the podcast but maybe on my youtube or uh, the the amazon prime yeah. subscription ah that's really good to hear yeah i think uh now we we do have a lot of podcasts in in those areas too so in a way that can count um so next question who is your role model this could be either a famous person or just someone in your lives or your personal role model i do have two people as role models one thing is ratan prakash sir who is a philanthropist and a great businessman to look i look forward and the other is uh, jankup from bts so i'm a very big fan of uh <laughs> the way he sings and puts a lot of hard work in terms of his craft so i'm a fan of him oh wow so interesting yeah thanks that we have a lot of bts fans on our team so i'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be thrilled to hear this that's it from my end doesn't tata and jankup are my favorite role models yeah cool Um uh, final question in this part. What is a course you've completed that's left a really strong impact on you? Yeah. Um recently I have done um it has nothing to do with mindfulness but uh it's in my spiritual growth on my growth as a human. Uh it's on Akashic healing certification. So I've recently completed that certification. I mean, I'm going through that certification and it's on the journey, but that's the recent thing I've been yeah. doing off late. Yeah. Wow, it's a, that's yeah. so interesting. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah, it's a year program, so it's a new experience from, it's not, I mean, I've done a lot of certifications, but this is a whole different uh, experience altogether. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really fascinating for sure. It's different from what we normally hear on this show, um but nonetheless, really on brand. Thank you for sharing. All right, let's talk about mindfulness and well-being and everything in between. Um first thing first, we always ask our guests to define well-being because it means different things to different people. So tell you, what does well-being mean to you? Um to me, well-being means not just absence of illness or uh having one element of life that's working but it's at a holistic way how fulfillingly i'm living my life how satisfied we are with our life in terms of my health how do i eat sleep my nutrition and my diet and my sleeping habits fine at least minimally do i find 30 minutes to exercise every day how do i nurture my relationships how do i be a contribution to the society or uh, or about how do i manage my day to day emotions and feelings and thoughts and make healthier choices how environmentally conscious i am how how much i'm promoting sustainability in my daily life or how much i am fulfilled with my work how do i find more and more purposeful way of living my career my work leave a deep impression with all the people i work with and make a sustainable changes in their lives and not get um how do i manage my money be it at my work or at my personal level how do i make healthier choices into my financial elements and how do i prioritize experiential living rather than materialistic living that that matters a lot to me and then finally about 
spiritual element which is uh how do i connect to the higher self of mind and to the divine apart from this i also look at one last element which not many people do talk about which is my relation with my own self how do i relate with my own self uh, uh how acceptful i am about my own strengths and flaws and how how i'm okay with sometimes not being okay and how i allow myself to take a, a slumber or you know i i don't want to do anything certain days and i learn to be okay with that too so this is whole as part of my when being i consider each of these dimensions but one interesting thing is at times one element of well being which may be a physical element becomes stronger when my health is not so well and at times when i have to look at relations and being grateful for people around me for their contribution so i extremely feel grateful so i nurture my social so usually it it is not at a though i i talk about it at a holistic way it's not that we can just say holistic is one angle it has multiple dimensions when all of these can come together uh, it just becomes a symphony which is beautiful and makes our life more happier and meaningful yeah absolutely i really love that you not only talk about different aspects but you give examples about what it means to you um and while it's quite personal to you i can totally relate with a lot of the things that you're saying especially when you say you know value the experiential um living than you know materialistic acquisition and i think that is something that we are all um you know on a journey to try to embrace and do more of because you know in in this day and age it's really easy to just kind of like oh let's buy this let's get that that's going to make us happy you know window shop or like retail therapy Uh, but in fact i've actually you know noticed in the in the past few months um you know going through a tough mental health period myself i i realized that going out experiencing life um whether it be you know like going to see a musical or going camping or you know just having a brunch with friends that is so much better than buying myself something nice Absolutely. and um i think that that is kind of like it's still really nice to buy myself something nice yes. <laughs> but i'm trying to you know embrace uh, spending money on experiences um and i think that that's something that i personally relate with a lot i'm not sure about our audience um but i think that's beautiful because you know you. we need more of that yes yeah so um now that we've talked about your personal definition i also want to hear from you because i'm sure you've worked with a lot of individuals you know in their line of work um perhaps you've done um hands-on um sort of work with people or you you've done research or reading and and all that sort of things what are some of the biggest misconceptions do you think people have when it comes to well-being uh good question um many people think well-being is only physical well-being well-being is to be considered only when you're sick that becomes my top priority till then i don't care about well being i'm all well i don't have to care so well, it's i wanted to bring a small element of well being is not only for people who are going through illness well being is a continuum anybody who as a human being we can experience ups and downs all through our life so it can happen a crisis can happen at any point of time so i would recommend to look at well-being at a holistic point 
and the other misconception people have is that only rich people can care about well-being happiness is a, it's not a we deserve to be happy everyone it's our birth right to be happy so it's not just for people who are rich who are uh, who are wealthy and who, who has achieved a lot of things only then it is something that they have to look about their well-being if wherever you are it's just a choice that okay today i'm i'm doing well i'm i'm going to do well and i'm going to be well and from there it starts taking those mini mini steps small small goals small small elements which can take us to be a better version of our own self right so that's something which many people also uh take it as something which okay i'll achieve this goal i'll get to this place in my career i'm going to get this wealthier i'm going to uh getting to a relationship after that i'm going to look at well-being so well-being is part and parcel of our life it is not a, a destination it is a journey if we need to always have our own ways of caring about our own self in every area whatever we are doing be it at our work or the way we manage our relationships or our own emotions or health or your relation with your higher higher up or with respect to your environment every single place you are you can still make a, a, a difference to yourself and others by looking at not just for yourself but at a greater good in every place you are at so that are some things which i really looked at and then assuming that when you look after your well-being people will not have any problems as i said again life is all about ups and downs and it's all about you consciously making healthier choices you con you being conscious or you being mindful enough before or at the moment you are able to make an unhealthy choice and see how you can do the best you can which can serve yourself or the other to the highest of the ability you are having at that particular moment so this is what we need to do but it's not it's not that okay I'm, i have achieved a certain portion of nirvana so i'm all good no even you have been the best day study today still you need to strive towards being a better self and make healthier choices and we can't assume that uh it's because today uh money is important to me and i'm working towards financial wellbeing i can't assume that other person a family member a colleague or a friend for whom physical health or physical well-being is a priority i can't i can't negate negate those thoughts of theirs i need to be respectful that today for me as money is important for other person probably relationships are important and the choices they make prioritizing relationship over money matters to that person because of which they're taking that choice so that element of empathy is important when we look at well-being of not just ourselves but our immediate family members or acquaintances or friends or peers at work or friends at school and colleges so these are the certain misconceptions i have observed when i was working with people yeah yeah i think those are really true i think a lot of people get into those traps nowadays and you know we see that well-being is kind of a spectrum it's not a state that is fixed and 
um, I guess for a lot of us, we're still on that journey. I really love that you said, you know, it's even if it's great today, it doesn't mean you stop working on it because I think it's truly a journey, right? It doesn't matter what happens um, before or, or, you know, today or what might happen tomorrow. It's actually something we need to embrace working on all the time. Um, and in fact, you know, like when things are going great, um, it's even more important to spend that energy on, you know, okay, now I have the energy to think about my well-being. What else can I improve? You know, yes. where, what are some of the pitfalls, right? And to me, I think it's been really um, interesting because I, I went through a period recently where, you know, it, everything was going well, like it was amazing. Um, but I didn't stop my mindfulness practice in the form of meditation. And I'm, I'm drawing us to the topic of the day. And I found that it really helped because I'm still in that, you know, like in that mindset that, yeah, I need to connect with myself. I really need to like meditate to make sure um, I have that mindfulness in my life. Um, and when things are not going as well as I wanted them to, I'm still okay. Like I can still manage myself. Um, and I find that to be actually quite true because, you know, shortly after that, you know, the great period, things were kind of like, going down a little bit. I had some issues with mental health, but I kept up that mindfulness practice and I kept meditating. Um, and I find that to be extremely helpful. Um, so today we're talking about mindfulness, right? We all know, and nowadays, at least most of us know how important mindfulness is in our lives. And meditation is one form of it, not yes. everything. Yes. Um, so to our audience who, you know, who might have a, a varying degree of understanding mindfulness, uh, maybe we should start with defining it. I know it's not on the agenda, um, but I would love to start with that. I'm sure you can define it quite easily. So how well, do you define mindfulness? I would say uh, mindfulness is about being in that present moment, bringing moment by moment awareness about the current experience you are having. It could be in the form of your thoughts, it could be in the form of your bodily sensations or what your, your senses, whatever is around you. So if you could bring that moment by moment awareness without judging it, let that moment be there as is and allow it to pass away without you adding something to it or trying to discount it in any manner. So this is the simplest description I give to the students because I'm, I want it to be very practical and easier when I'm talking certain things. So I usually tell it in this manner, saying how you can be so present at that moment, at that experience. And the next moment, the next experience. So whatever you're doing, if you can bring that being present to that experience fully to the to the best you can at this current moment because everyone has varying levels of being mindful but the journey as you rightly said starts somewhere we need to just start and when you start you may find yourself being distracted a lot number of times or you can see how busy your mind is working all the time thinking about lot of things which may not be relevant to the work you're doing or how mindlessly you're doing things in an autopilot mode. But once you bring awareness, there's some magic that happens to that whole experience. And that is something we personally have to experience to be able to put it in words because it's us to discover that magic. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think uh, using the word magic is, is really um, 
sort of accurate, even though it's not probably scientifically proven because yeah. magic is, you know, a word that's kind of like, huh, is that research based? it's not proven yeah. it's not scientifically validated that mindfulness can bring magic into your uh, life yeah. but it's a it's yeah, an absolutely it's a, i hear you it just happens you just feel fuller yeah. more 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 fuller more more the experience transforms to yeah. something bigger so that's something which we can't just put it in words. We yeah. need to experience that in whichever capacities. But still, it would be magical. That's what I mean to yeah. say. Yeah, I believe uh, in research studies, they have uh, different ways of explaining, you know, like the, the impact and the benefit of mindfulness. Yes. But to you, if it feels magical, I mean, it's a, actually a really accurate way to explain it because me too. Yeah. And to me, it, like, uh, you know, not scientifically proven, but to me, it's like, it helps me to connect with myself better and this is something that you talked about earlier right your relationship yes. with yourself yes and um, to me it feels um cathartic sometimes Just, um, other times it feels comforting yes um you know and and you know like on on other days it just feels um helpful to have that meditation and mindfulness practice because um i'm not on autopilot or you yes. know like i pay a little bit more attention yes. than usual and i find that to be important Yes, hundred percent. I'm so happy. I'm so glad. I'm talking to you. We are on the same page. <laughs> Me too. Me yeah. too. Thank you for that. Um, okay, so we've covered how you define mindfulness, um, and uh, I'm sure you know, like we we all have read upon the topic, or most of us know a, a thing or two about this topic. But uh, there are probably some things that we assume or we see people do and we're kind of like, oh, that's mindfulness, but maybe they're not. So I wonder um, in, you know, in your work and in what you know, um, what would be some of the myths and misconceptions surrounding the practice of mindfulness and what are actual, what are the actual facts when it comes to mindfulness? Oh, again, a great question. So uh, most of us, uh, especially from um, Indian context, uh, also otherwise also maybe people think mindfulness is a religious practice rather or it's a spiritual practice so what I'm trying to say is mindfulness may have come from a certain sect of religion but it is not it is not only uh, aligned to one segment of people or one kind of people who follow Buddha or who follow certain religious practices. It is, it can be practiced by anyone because we are only talking about bringing our awareness fully onto the object of contemplation when we are being mindful. As you rightly said, Meditation is not the only way. Oh, yeah, that's also one misconception. Mindfulness means should we meditate? No, mindfulness can be brought through through multiple elements. That's the beauty of being mindful. You can still be working. You can still be talking. You can be doing your mundane daily chores at work in your kitchen. Still, you can bring mindfulness into that practice. And of course, meditation is one of those ways to get more mindful. Because here, you are entirely focusing your awareness on your breath. 
even though you have multiple multiple ways you can do it but still uh and then there is another question which says oh it takes lot of time mindfulness you need to meditate and meditation takes lot of time. meditation is boring so yes it is it assumes boring it it looks like you feel sleepy it looks like you can't focus you can't concentrate when you are meditating if you feel like your mind is totally occupied with so many of thoughts be it your present or the past but that's what minds do so that is where we are trying to tame that thoughts those and bring some calm into ourselves so that is and it doesn't take a lot of time you can just start with 2 to 1/2 minute 3 minutes and if you really want to use mindfulness meditation as a means to get mindful start slow and then keep going forward instead of you assuming that it takes a lot of time no it doesn't and you might feel sleepy you might feel as i said all of these every one of us i'm sure including me i i don't have shy to say i would admit even in the when i started the journey it was very very normal for me also to find myself being more drowsy or <laughs> not able to focus lot of to do tasks coming into the mind immediately the moment i think about okay now let's me let me meditate and it happens to any one of us so whoever are, are listening to this podcast who still haven't integrated this form of meditation i invite you to try in small buckets and keep going and very soon you will understand that it doesn't take lot of time or it doesn't it is not such a difficult thing to uh tame your mind and find that calm or find that sense of balance in yourself neither you you start learning to be more non-judgmental about the current experiences if at all if i may put it in non-jargon not no big jargons to my 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 talk today uh, so that it becomes so colloquial like we are talking about any any practice that can be brought forward in your home and to top it we start being more self-compassionate and it's not there are other people who think that it's only to control you know you're fixing you're forcing yourself no mindfulness is about you allowing that experience to fully experience yourself without judging that whole experience as good or bad or right or wrong you're just allowing it seeing it as is and let it go away on its own so you're in this practice we are not trying to force ourselves or trying to escape from difficult emotions we are all, all we are doing is acknowledging the presence of it accepting that whole experience to the fullest including the discomfortable ones the challenging ones or the good ones we're seeing that as is and trying to see allowing it to pass away on its own and then focusing on the task on hand kind of thing and uh there are some people who think that mindfulness is only to escape from difficult emotions again it's not about escapism it's not about avoidance we all talk about acceptance inside of that we are trying to be more compassionate with ourselves more acceptful about our sense and the experiences of thoughts without judging why is it happening to me or pushing it away on ignoring it i'm trying to accept it and then 
fully embrace my own self. And definitely, there are many people who think that mindfulness is a fix-all. It's not. It's not a fix-all. It's a. It's a helpful tool for us, but it's not a cure-all or a catch-all situation where you just do once and you're just got you're gotten mindful. Like every other skill, this also requires patience, practice, and daily integration into your life. With everyday consistent practice, with everyday consistent. Um, it's been going well. Thought towards being more mindful in every action you do, you get. You you keep raising that bar of yours on how mindful you are at work, at your home, while talking to your parents or talking to your spouses, your your kids, your friends, and so on and so forth. In all areas of well-being, you can still can, become can more can mindful in every element you're doing. So, uh, I think I have covered a lot. Uh, you didn't miss out on anything, huh? And we don't have a specific goal towards when you are trying to be more mindful. It is all about fully being present in the present moment, at this moment, irrespective of your current state of mind, irrespective of how you are at this moment with respect to your headspace. Um, you are having stress, or you are you having anxiety, or you are dealing with any challenging situation at your. It it has nothing to do uh, to any of it. All of this, we are trying to. In amidst all that, we are trying to train our mind to be in the present moment. Whatever is the current state of mind, I am trying to bring myself to be in this present moment. Then the moment, then the moment, then the moment, with fully embracing, accepting, being kind to myself on whatever is that experience today for me, and then. There are other uh, myths like uh, it will allow me to force my attention towards one particular object or one element which I'm contemplating today. Maybe a, a image of Buddha or my breath or anything else to that to a sound or vision, and it that way it stops me from thinking anything. No, we are trying to guide our attention to breath. Allow thoughts to come and go naturally without any force or any prohibition. We are not saying to say, "Ah, is this this kind of thought?" Okay, then it enters into me. Oh, this is this thought I'm rejecting. We are not doing any of that when we are practicing mindfulness. We are paying attention to that object of contemplation. If it is breath, we are giving our hundred percent attention to that moment by moment awareness of breathing. Allowing the thoughts to come and go like a cloud, like a like a passing wave, but we are not trying to attach it to one thought, or we are trying to derive a meaning about a thought, or we are not trying to engage with that chain of thoughts. We are just being present with that thought, even if it is a dis- discomfortable thought or a sensation or a- any experience to that matter. All we are doing is allowing it to. Enter into our spaces with its enormity, and allowing it to pass on its own, and then bringing our awareness back to the object of contemplation, which is our breath. So these are some uh, typical uh, myths I have experienced when I'm training people on mindfulness. 
pointing. Okay. So uh, to summarize, mindfulness is about, uh, it's not just about emptying mind, but it's about observing your thoughts and emotions without judgment. And it's not just for relaxation or stress reduction, but it is about cultivating moment by moment awareness, about being so kind to yourself and others, and also to enhance your overall well-being. It's not just for your relaxation or your stress or anxiety reduction. And definitely, it's not a, it's not limited to a religion or a sect. It is for anyone, regardless of their spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs, it can be practiced. And it's not only uh, through meditation that we can achieve mindfulness. We can do, bring mindfulness towards everyday tasks and in everything you can be mindful. And it doesn't definitely require a lot of time and effort. It's just like a switch. You just have to ensure that when you are mindless, you just have to bring back your present your moment, your thought to the current moment you are handling, and that becomes mindfulness for you. And it is definitely not to escape from your difficult emotions or to fix your problems. It's all about being in that present moment by acknowledging and accepting all those emotions, including the discomfortable ones, the challenging ones, and try to accept it, see and go, and then embracing it in its wholeness and definitely it's not a catch-all solution or a cure-all solution. It's definitely a very helpful tool for us to help ourselves live our life to a fuller point. But if, as any skill, it requires a lot of practice, determination, and consistency. Every day kind of a thing. So that is what I think I, I thought as common myths. And here there's no force. Yeah. We are not trying to prohibit any emotions or thoughts. We are just allowing it to experience in its totality. Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. I think that's super important to keep in mind because a lot of people might get overwhelmed when they start practicing mindfulness. They might go, oh my God, this could be really hard. But the fact is, it is hard. You know, it's just we need to, we just need to understand the basics and what is actually right. And I think it's important too to know it's a, it's a practice and, and truly you can apply it in different areas. Now, um, we have this. I, um, I would add, say that I, I would not say it is hard, Lou. If I may have to correct it in a way, I would put it in this way. It is only then you will get present to how many thoughts you are having at that moment, and that is why it appears to be hard to tame and put you into it. But if you look at it from okay, now I'm gonna look at each thought and see how I can be fully present in this moment. That is the, uh, I think, if, if, if at all I had to word two, three words into the word hard of what you said, this might be appearing as hard to people, but the practice itself is not hard. It just, as any, any, any person, any skill, if you're learning swimming, obviously you have to float, you need to do your breath control, you need to learn to use your arms and limbs in a total symphony. All of that, if you look at from a person who has not yet learned swimming, it might appear as hard. But the moment you jump into it and then start learning, it just takes off. So that is how I, I say as 
uh, it's the same experience you have when you practice this also. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think it's it's just something that I hear from a lot of people, that especially you know people um, that I've talked to about mindfulness and meditation, and um, a, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's so hard. I cannot do that. I'm never going to be able to sit there and just like you know observe and listen to my thoughts. Um, cannot do that. I have to do something." And um, I think that that's where people get it wrong because you know mindfulness is something that we can practice, right? Um, so. We'll, we'll get into the practical part of uh, the conversation very shortly. But before we move on to something more practical, let's close this out. Um, and I would love for you to share any other insights that we might not be have been able to cover, you know, because um, this is such a big topic and we can probably talk about it at length. Um, I'm very conscious of time, though, so I would probably love to wrap sure. this up here so we can talk about a practice. So before we move on, is there anything else on the topic of mindfulness you would like to share with our audience? Yeah. So uh, it is often times that when you're starting mindfulness or when you're even in the middle of it, you feel that there is like your mind starts drifting away and you start realizing the lot of thoughts, past thoughts, future thoughts about tasks, all of these keep coming into our head. And what I want all of us to understand is that it's pretty normal for everyone. All of us go through these experiences. So what we can do is whenever your mind has wandered, the first thing we can want to do is to acknowledge that my mind has wandered. It's very normal. Human mind has 50,000 thoughts a day. So, you know, when your mind has wandered, you should say, yeah, I'm alive. I'm still working. So, and gently without hitting yourself hard or without berating yourself for not being able to focus, just gently bring your focus onto the object of contemplation, be it your breath, be it your, as I said, your daily chores and every of the elements with, on which you want to be mindful. You can eat mindfully, you can you can wash your vessels, you know, you can, when you're work, making your dishes, you can still bring mindfulness to it. Or even you're working on your important task, you can still bring mindfulness to it either. So a lot of activities when you're working, you can be more mindful. And every time you're distracted, only thing you need to do is acknowledge, label the thought that, yes, I got distracted and this is the thought that is happening or it's a bodily sensation. And then let that experience be over, let it pass away on its own and then really bring your focus back to your breath. Or in case if you are finding for those who said, oh, we can't observe our thoughts, you can just do a quick grounding practice, which is your engaging your five senses or you can do your meta meditation, which is, you know, sending uh, good to everyone around you. So start with your own self uh, or start with your friends, your family, your acquaintances. People are going through difficult things, people whom you don't know, and then to your own self. You can just do this practice either for all those who can't focus on meditation as a means. Start with visualize. It, it is generally like a visualization practice where you're sending good well to everyone around you and people whom you meet, you see every day, but you don't say hi to them or you don't even know. So all of those can bring those experiences, but it all starts with you getting there. So that is what is something which I would also want to add upon. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I think a lot of people would benefit from that, especially since we talked about how some people when they hear about this or when they start they're kind of like oh that's so hard <laughs> you know they're probably going to have that mo those moments of mind wandering as you just mentioned and 
that's a really good tip. Um, and I think it's good to be gentle with ourselves when we start um, our yeah. mindfulness journey, because I know for me, it was definitely like that. I used to be one of those people five years ago. I was like, meditation, mindfulness, really? No, I'll never be able to do that. That's just not how I deal with, you know, myself. And then I'm not going to be able to sit there and, you know, meditate or just like sit with my thoughts. That's awful. But now I embrace it wholeheartedly and I just love it so much. And I feel like it's like a, you know, it's like a single tasking journey that we should all be on because now yes. we have so much multitasking going on. Like you know, something I really love that you just said is washing the dishes. When I used to, you know, I used to wash the dishes and I had to have something on, like I had to have music playing or I had to have a TV show on or something like that. Otherwise I won't be able to do the task, but now I just enjoy it. And it actually yes. helps to calm my mind and like untangle my thoughts. And it's kind of like a way to wind down. Um, yes. And obviously it's, it's not like I, I achieved that overnight. It took a lot of practice <laughs> and, um, you know, being gentle with myself. But um, yeah, I think if our audience is kind of like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, it's, it's it might be challenging. I think this is a really good point. And I hope my personal story would help them as well to know that everyone can do this. Um, it's just a matter of what we think. Yes. So um, that covers, you know, most of the insights that we wanted to talk about when it comes to mindfulness. But let's talk about something more practical so we can, you know, sort of take away something today. And um, no matter where we're at in our mindfulness journey, um, I hope this is where people can really take something with them after listening to our conversation. Sure. So what is a practice that you do to embrace the present moment? I use deep breathing as an anchor. So every single time I lose my focus or I get scared because of uh, whatever, fearful about my uh, finances or, or because I run a company and cash flow is passion part of this. Or uh, when I am absolutely, I'm a curriculum developer. I mean, I do a lot of curriculum development, which nobody else in the world has done it. So it's more of an innovation kind of a thing. And I'll get lost. So I don't know. And I tend to avoid it as, as a go-to mechanism. The moment I do all of this, I first get present to it. And I gently, when I'm, if I tell I'm fearful, I pat myself. And I tell myself that, yeah, it's been hard. Yes. I agree, but this will also go away and allow myself to breathe, center myself, do a quick body scan, um, and then get back to work. And if that, at that time, if, if it takes even five to 10 minutes, at times it takes even 30 minutes for me to, you know, come back to wherever I am and get more productive with whatever I was doing. So from slumber to getting productive, the whole cycle may take 30 minutes. So as you said earlier, used to be hard. Even I used to be really hard on myself saying, how come I'm not able to recover from this? Or certain times, I'm an impact founder. I I measure my uh, success when it comes to uh, really making an impact on the people or how much they're able to incorporate whatever skills I've been building into their daily lives and oftentimes it is not investor friendly either so sometimes i get to hear a lot of things which i'm not very um, i mean which is not very happy to hear from an investor because uh, they're all into um, numbers and stuff like that 
So even those times, it take a little more time for me to recover. And I, I, I usually used to hit myself hard on why am I not able to do that and stuff like that. But slowly I learned to embrace myself and I, I am more acceptance about the fact that I'm an impact founder. And I don't, I, I now give a disclaimer to everyone. I need that I'm an impact founder. I'm not a, a number person. And in case if you don't want to invest, that's fine. So I am, I'm, I'm become more and more self-aware about myself and more calming myself when it, on the times when things are really, really chaotic or very, very depressing. And when I get to hear a lot of uh, uh, delegatory words or anything of that sense from around the world, I am at peace with myself and I don't get that perturbed. Neither I make myself wrong, neither I make another person wrong, but I try to see it as is and without adding any meaning to it, without getting any judgmental about why me, why not rather, and still be okay with that be my own loving self, my cheapier self when I'm talking to them, not having any resentments, but being grateful for all the experiences I'm going through. That, that is how I started incorporating, being more mindful about, right from not being able to innovate or if I have a creative block to not able to focus, to manage my negative emotions or distressful emotions, to be more fully present into that moment so that I can be more productive in, in terms of doing that things with a lot of fastness. As you rightly said, inst- I don't usually do multitasking. I do single tasking and put all my energies into that and move on to the next task. So these are all the ways I, I, I started taking this back into my life. Yeah, that's really good to hear that you have that practice, especially because you know I'm I'm sure you have a lot on your plate uh, from the sound of things, and you know I'm I'm sure that's why you're you know you're able to ground yourself and do so much work, you know, because I think a lot of people have this impression that oh, if this person is doing a lot of things, they must be multitasking. Well, in fact, I think not really. You know, they really focus on one thing, they get it done, and they move on to the next one, and. Um, even in interactions, you know, I find that you have more impactful conversations or discussions when you're fully there, you're, you're yes. absolutely present and you don't worry about like, you know, what else is going on in the back of your mind in a way that's kind of multitasking, you know, you're, we're talking, but then in the back of your mind, you're kind of like planning your grocery list for the night or something, you know, that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's pretty classic multitasking. It's not helpful. Yeah. Yes. It's definitely not helpful. I learned yeah. it need to do a time management scheduling and fully present into that task then go to the next task next task next task and if i missed out anything i'm okay i'll just be gentle with myself and say it's all right not humans yeah end of the day. I, uh, yeah yeah i think um when when i was growing up i saw this quote as well um and i think this quote is by jim elliott uh, it goes wherever you are be all there and I think that's kind of like, you know, embracing the the art of mindfulness in a certain way. Um, probably not uh, not to the discussion that we're talking about in terms of, you know, mindfulness, um, whole, you know, wholeheartedly, but 
I think it applies to our discussion so far. And um, I, I, I saw it and I loved it, but I didn't know why. And, you know, now I kind of know, especially after you have shared a lot of the insights earlier about, you know, how this has been so helpful for you and how it's going to help a lot of people. Um, so I think... You know, it's it's good for us to all try. Um, if anything, you know, if anyone is super new to this and not know, and they just doesn't know, they just don't know where to start. Um, breathing practice is something that we can all try. And you know, I I tried this um, years ago, and you know, at the in the first try, it was like a one minute practice, and um, that that was it, just one minute. And it was not that long. Obviously, it felt much longer than one minute because, you know, you're just basically sitting there and, and, and breathing correctly uh, according to the practice. But um, right. I find it to be extremely helpful. So, yeah, True. it's really beautiful. Thank you for that. And finally, before we close, uh, this is your open mic, Teju. I'm wondering what you're passionate about, what you would like to share with our audience. I know you're one with many passions and many projects, so um, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if you talk about one of them. Um, but other than that, the floor is yours. <laughs> yes. So right now, uh, I have developed a curriculum. Uh, which we are also statistically validated, which I'm very happy about, about youth. Uh, today's youth, I have started taking entertainment as a go-to approach uh, than their academic pursuits. So what's happening is in India, most of the youth are leaning towards social media, gaming, entertainment, having no interest in academic pursuits and also getting into more and violence problems. So I have developed a curriculum which can help youth bounce back into what is meaningful for them in terms of taking care of their well-being and ensuring they have goals and work towards their path and stuff like that. So the student success program uh, is right now getting integrated in India. Uh, in schools, engineering colleges, and that I'm very excited about because so far in India, mental health skills were not part of schooling. So that's my dream come true element since I've been working on this specific element since 10 years. Um, it's, re it's really very, very gratifying for me to get acceptance from multiple uh, stakeholders. So, and I'm looking forward on how we can enhance um, well-being skills of every youth and see to that that they're able to perform to their best potential. So that's something which I'm really passionate and I'm very happy about doing it at this moment. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think um, whenever I hear about people uh, talking about their passion, it's kind of like an... Um, time to sort of rejuvenate inspiration and, and other things because I think it's also part of mindfulness too. You know, sometimes you just kind of go about your day and then um, you, you're you on autopilot most of the time. You just kind of do whatever you want to do or whatever you have to do for that day. And you forget about what you truly want to do in life. So, you know, when I hear that uh, people are talking about passion projects, like you talking about your project uh, with the curriculum, um, it's really inspiring, you know. Um, I I take that as my mindful moment, just taking in what you're doing. Um, I thank you for sharing that, um, and um, it's a reminder for me to, you know, take a moment after this conversation to 
reflect on my day and think about what I want to do as well. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for being here. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Dali. And you've been wonderful host. I should, I will remember you for a long time because you've been such a fantastic host. And thank you so much. Aww, thank you so much. You've been listening to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights Podcast produced by the Wellbeing Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 Life Management Perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website, we.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Lungo, thanks for tuning in.